Welcome to the Crack On Podcast, hosted by me, John Saunders. Crack On! Hey guys, welcome to another edition of the Crack On Podcast. And today, I'm extremely privileged and thankful to have such a great guy on, Damien Joseph Bridgman. Uh, such a pleasure to have him on. So, he's the regional chair of the South Wales Institute of Directors. He's an author, an entrepreneur, a social architect and equality campaigner. Uh, just to name but a few. He's also the co-founder and director of Mediquip. Um, such a, I can't wait to, to share it. Such a, an inspiring guy. Really, um, really looking forward to bringing you this. So anyway, crack on and enjoy. Hey, Damien, how you doing, mate? I'm doing really well. Thank you for inviting me on this wonderful podcast. Yeah, it's great, mate. Welcome to the Crack On Podcast. That was a plug without uh, without even having to mention it then, mate. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. uh, that's okay. That's okay. That's cool. How, how's the day been? How's the day been for you? Day's been really good, really energising, and I've got some exciting things in the pipeline, which are all coming together. So today's been a really good day. That's good, mate. Well, I hope it gets better with this, actually. Let's hope it gets better with this podcast. Huh? <laughs> okay, so I'm going to start off and kick off like I do every other. In Series 2, we've started with every with the same question. So okay. what, is, uh, what does Crack On mean to you? Crack On means to me that you basically get on and do things. And if I bring that back to my life, everything I do should start with that because I never take no for an answer and I do crack on with my social and purpose mission. Cool. And what? And I know we're going to go probably a bit more into that in a bit, but what is that? What is that mission, mate? Basically, my mission is to help people via business processes and um, business dynamics to look at societal issues. Brilliant. Brilliant. I mean, for a, for a bar manager and owner, that goes right over my head, but I'm looking forward to digesting that a bit. You will. I'm looking forward to getting into it. So, the second question then is, uh, have you got a have you got a mentor, an idol, and if so, uh, who is it and why? I suppose I've had many mentors in my life. Some of them I've actively called mentors. Others have just been friends. But one real mentor that comes to mind is a is a lady called Joe Hicks, and for me, she should really be called the sensei of um, civil service, because when you spend time in a room with her, she embodies, for me, what true leadership is. So That's, amazing. That's great. And what, and what sort of traits are they? And what sort of, what is it about, uh, what is it about Joe that really, you know, stands her out from everyone else? Basically, she looks at things with a really dynamic mind and she's willing to lead from the front. And in these difficult times, you have to really be willing to lead from the front. And if it wasn't for her leadership, I wouldn't have one of my businesses. So that's where that's where the purpose comes from. And that's where her mentoring skills really helped me step into my greatness. That's awesome. Well, she's ever, it's the sort of lady I'd love to meet. You will. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure I will. I'm sure I will. 
I mean, I've been really excited to, we've met, we've met on several occasions, but um, we've had a conversation a couple of times. I got really excited by this one because when I did the, because we didn't know each other so well, we had a pre-call, didn't we? And um, some of the items we spoke about really excited me. And we've also got quite a few mutual friends. Um, we're going to go into the IOD as well later on, but, you know, we have got a mutual friend in Richard Selby and he's obviously been a podcaster in series one. An amazing, amazing guy. And I, I've got a funny feeling He's going to become one of my mentors that helps me step step up to the next step in my personal business and life journey. Yeah, so. but he's been he's been very instrumental in mine already, and I, I know collectively we work really well together. And uh, look, I, I totally agree with you on that. I think that will be the case, mate. So yeah. to kick it off, then let's go let's go right back to the beginning. Let's tell everyone a bit about you. Let's uh, start from school. Where'd you come from? Where did it all start? I went to school in Panath. I went to two schools. That's quite confusing to people who don't understand the uh, disability side of schooling. I went to one sort of specialised in disability, and then I went to another one that was to help me get sort of um, have my brain stretched a bit more because as you'll pick up through, went through this conversation, I need to always be stimulated. Um, and the two schools were based in Panath. They were St. Cyrus Comprehensive and Ascaleridel in, in Panath. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mentioned you offline. St. Cyrus actually was the first rugby team we played against in sixth form. <laughs> and, uh, you know, mentioning Rich, but... Richard team when we played them and they'd only just opened as a school when we played them uh we did absolutely do a job on them but actually <laughs> i went to watch a friend of mine play them about two years ago and they they're, they're it's a really good school isn't it yeah it is and they've got a really dynamic head now now they've merged all the schools in yeah. Panath into one big learning village and for me that is the real sign of inclusive education. So yeah, they're doing some really good stuff. And what was it? What was it like then having to go to the two schools? Obviously, we haven't gone into the disability yet, and the it's the real start of it. So, do you want to go back a stage further from school and and go yeah. through how the disability came about? My my disability was caused by medical negligence. Um, incubator failed twice when I was when I was born and left me with quadriplegic cerebral palsy for the non-medics that might be listening. That is cerebral palsy that affects all four limbs and it even affects when I speak. So you may be able to pick up spasms in my voice every now and then. And actually that's because the whole body is constantly going through a number of spasms and <laughs> An hour is equivalent for me of two hours in the gym. On wow. the and, what, and what was that like to grow up with? And, and and what was things like? What was it like for you growing up with that? Um, challenging, yeah. Because my mum was left with severe mental health difficulties because basically there was no support, um, and my mum witnessed every bit of medical negligence. And my mum had to fight for me to have 
the medical support and the educational support, but nobody really helped her with her own mental health. So actually um, stepping into my career choices now, I suppose there's a statement, isn't there, that you're made in the Royal Navy. And I, I would turn around and say, disability can also make you because it sort of framed the way I look at things generally. So when you say that, what do, what, what do you mean? What do you mean specifically with that? Is that when you said it's made you? In, in what ways? It's made me. It's made me resilient. It's yeah. made me. It's made me have a really, really, really strong determination. And I think anyone that steps into entrepreneurialism has to have a real sort of fire under their under their backside to get, get them up every day, especially when in certain aspects of business that you might get knocked down and you just have to get back up and get on with it. So do you think that was interesting? One of the questions I really wanted to ask was, how much how much has your, your disability uh, enabled you to really take entrepreneurship on? Um, I'll, I'll take a step back before, before I fully answer that. The, yeah. reason, the reason I stepped into entrepreneurialism is because I went for jobs in places that you would honestly believe that I would be supported to get jobs. Yeah. And they, they took one look at my CV and they said, Damien, you're too overqualified. Um, th there's, there's no job for you here. And I sort of back in the early sort of 2014 around that time i i took the decision that i was never going to work for anybody else or if i was it was going to be um the modern term of a portfolio career and i was going to be able to drive my own ship so that i could actually look and set my own course which has allowed me to do some amazing things. So let's say, let's go before that a bit because we know each other from is from the Hilton uh, back yeah. in the day when you worked in the Hilton. So take us a bit further back. So obviously Saint Sire School, you came out of school, and then and then you know where did where did you I, go? I I I had a I had a consultancy business back when I back in two thousand and six, and I worked with um, the Hilton team to make sure that they were one of the most inclusive hotels in Cardiff and actually via them getting to know me, sort of educated them that the hotel had to step their disability journey up, I suppose. And that's Maria, isn't it? Maria, the, I, I, and I, I, know, uh, I know the Hilton well, I've obviously been in Tiger. Um, yeah. You know, um, we had a great relationship with the Hilton. I was friends with Mark Walker, who was head of security for the Hilton for a while. Yeah. And I, and I know that he um, did uh, a lot of work with um, Tiger Tiger because that's where the staff went to unwind. And many a, many a time I was propped up by the bar, shall we say. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think we had our own little spot by the bar, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, 
So the, so the consultancy, 2006, where did it go from there, mate? Um, consultancy, 2006. I then went, uh, basically, because I had a really low self-esteem. And I, so I would, I'd give all... I'd give away my time for free because I thought that was my only way, way of getting work. And basically, I then happened through a series of meetings to meet somebody called Mega Matthias. And through that connection, I then got into Welsh Government, which connected me to Joe Hicks. And... Then I met Joe Hicks on a, a civil service leadership program called Summer School for the uninitiated. It's a bit like the SAS, but for civil servants, yeah. they 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 try and break you over a week. Um, I came out of that, and then I realised that actually I could run my own businesses. I could um, really make a difference. I was invited back to that course to um, be a facilitator. And then Joe Hicks said, I want to support you to set up your own coaching business. So she paid, she paid for me to um, have some coaching qualifications and I haven't stopped since. So that's, again, why that person means so much to me. Because what actually, person, yeah, what, what sort of coaching are you doing at the moment then? Um, I, I do coaching for senior leaders in civil service. And, I also, and I'm also a government advisor in healthcare. And I was one of the key architects that helped write the social services and well-being legislation, which now affects... 3 million people and for someone that was told the biggest thing you will amount to is going going to a day center I think I'm actually doing quite well because I'm actually qualified through my degrees and my master's to run services but on a daily basis I sit with people that make policy that really change people's perceptions and I have to pinch myself because coming back to those teachers that said I wouldn't amount to anything I can actually say on a daily basis I'm affecting the citizens of Wales and beyond so what's what's interesting about that mate I mean it's amazing for, for the start of where we are and you know again how we've met and what I've seen of yourself and what you do but was there one? Was there ever one pivotal moment that you thought, right, this is what I'm going to do? This is exactly how. Was it? Does it go back as far as those teachers, or is there a point in your life that you really thought, right, this is it? I am going on my own. I know you said you went on your own and you chose to, but was there a pivotal moment at all? I, once you work for yourself, you can't you can't work for anybody else because it sort of changes your mindset and. I, I, talk me a bit about that then. Talk me about the mindset of, of what that is. For people, the listeners that need to understand that a bit more, what, what, what mindset do you need to have to go on your own? A dogged determination and a sort of 
wanting to get off your ass, I suppose. Yeah. And and even though I sit on I sit on my ass regularly, obviously because I'm a <laughs> I'm a wheelchair user. Yeah, I, I'm, I laughing. I'm, I'm laughing with you, not. I'm yeah, not yeah. I, I understand. I totally understand. And yeah. I said that to inject humour. So please don't um, sue us for being disability and PC because I, I I am one of the biggest disability advocates out there. Absolutely. But I I think I think I've always had that drive that if I wanted to make something happen, I have to make it happen for myself. So where's uh, that, where that come from though? Is that come from your mum? Does it, you know, where does that come from, do you think? My, my, my mum, my mum is a qualified audiologist. Before I was born, she was very eminent with people with autism and severe disability, right. sort of making them have hearing aids. And my dad, who basically walked out on my mum when I was six months old, is a ex-CEO of a major bakery chain in Cardiff. So I suppose, again, coming back to was I made or created, I suppose there's always a bit of an entrepreneurial gene in those type of people. But I suppose if you were to ask me to reframe that I would say that I was actually um, molded and crafted by by the other opportunities I had within the civil service. That's brilliant that and, and, and if someone sat there and they think well do you know what I'd love to give entrepreneurial I just want to be I just want to get free I don't fit into this organization what would your advice be for them? Pick up pick up the phone Look for me on LinkedIn and let's have a coffee because everyone can step into entrepreneurialism. You don't have to do what a nine to five job does. And um, shameless plug for the Institute of Directors. There's some, there's some really interesting stuff happening within the regions at the moment. And if you're not sure whether um, being a director is for you, reach out to reach out to myself or the national chair Richard Selby and I'm sure we'll have a conversation. So where do you think I mean obviously the IOD is where we've met um you're very passionate Welshman yeah. um you can see that where, where does the IOD sit within what you do because there's lots of things that you do <laughs> how do you prioritize all what you do? I I have a really good PA called Natalie um she's a She's a virtual PA. She runs her own business. And uh, basically, I, I have her to manage it. But I, I like having different things to do every day. So my, because my reading age, because of my dyslexia, is seven years old, I actually colour code my diary. So every aspect of my career has, has different colours so that I can know where to be and when to be. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. And that, has that come over time, or is that something that you've always done? Um, shameless plug for one of the most famous dyslexic people, Richard Branson. And if you get the opportunity, go and read his book. 
Um, podcasting, mate. So I'll have him podcasting. He'll be on after you. I'm sure when he knows you've been on, he'll be on. I'm actually, um, he is a bit of a shameless connection as well. Yeah. I'm actually with the same speaking agent that Richard, Richard Branson's got. Cool. So, so what that, do you, you know, let's talk a bit about that then. What, what do you talk about on your, I've seen on your, you know, you are a, um, an author and a, and a speaker. So talk a bit about what, what, what do you, what do you talk to people about? My, my book is called, I'm not a spaz. I'm safe. Um, I'll go. I'll. I'll go into that in a second. But basically, I want to use my life story to tell people to basically, you can be the masters of your own destiny. Yeah. You can. You can write your. You can write your own personal mission statement, and you can step into your greatness, and you can achieve, even if people tell you you can't. Because um, I told you that I was going to be very open and transparent in this podcast when we had a chat. Yeah. Um, sort of two years ago, maybe three years ago, I died twice. And um, I, woke, I woke up from one of those episodes and I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live for my life's mission. And my husband, Paul, said to me, what do you mean you're going to live for your life's mission? I said, I'm obviously here to serve other people and help other people realise that they can achieve. And that's where I totally pivoted everything that I do to actually have that one key value. Because without getting too hippy-trippy, and it is in my book, it's a shameless plug for my book if you want to know more about it, Hey, mate, there's um, loads of plugs. I'm happy with the plugs. Carry on with them. Uh, um, I'm, I'm basically, I basically say in the opening stage of that, I chose my life with a disability. I believe that I was given three files, one with a perfect life, one with a not so good life, and one with a life with disability. But actually the life with disability will allow me to analyze me and allow me to serve people in the way that I do now. So let me get this right. And you, there's a point at which you feel that you were put on this earth in a disabled for, you know, in, in the wheelchair and, and, and the life you've led in order to create and, and, and do, do good in change. Yeah. Yeah. And to really help people step up and really look at themselves the amount of breakthroughs I have with people and because of my dyslexia brain again, I can look at problems and I can basically solve them within about 20 minutes of somebody telling me that information. So what do you mean, what do you mean by that? What do you mean? If I gave you a, a problem, you'd be able to solve it? If you give me a business problem and yeah. said, Damien, I need you to solve that business problem, I, I, because of the way I think and because of the way dyslexia makes me think, I can actually solve a problem. And, and I've got, and I'm going to share a case study with you quickly. One of the issues I was asked to solve was the curriculum for the National School of Healthcare Science. And I was asked to write the engagement strategy for 
um, patience and patience with limited life diagnosis. And basically, through all my work, I actually saved uh, Nottingham NHS Trust a million pounds wow. within, within the first half an hour of me being on site because I was able to look at their um, services and use my business know-how and save them a million pounds. And that, and that, and and is that something you would class as something as a, as a key skill that you have? That's something I've honed over time. I'm not the easiest person in business to get on with because. And what, would, and what, and what would people, and what would people call it, say, say about you in business? In your your opinion, they would say that I'm. They would perceive I'm easy to get on with. But actually, come and do a deal with me, and then you'll see a different side to me. So, do you think that you think that all people should have that, or do you, you know, in business, you know, it is <laughs> there's two, there's always two sides to a business person, aren't there? I, uh, that is it, isn't it? I think, I think there's, I think, and you'll know this, and I know, I know it through your personal story as well, right? When you get, when you get, um knocked down by people or people try and pull one over on you, it makes you sharper because you have to survive. And um, without going too far into my backstory, there's elements of my backstory that have given me that edge and had to give me that edge. Otherwise I wouldn't be sat here, here today having this conversation. But has it... Has it helped me in business? Yes, it has, because it's a, it's enabled me to stop people um, screwing me over and just seeing the disability. So the, I, I'm going to go back to this section in a minute, but we one of the questions I did have was, and I asked you on you know previously about this. I was uh, I'd be really interested to see what the response is. But you know, where has the business world come from and to? in the disabled world. 10 years ago, I said, you know, 10 years ago, in the last 10 years, how has it evolved? It hasn't. Okay, and that's really interesting for me. How, in your eyes, how, why I, hasn't it, or, or what, what, what has not happened? Because people see disability as a compliance. They don't see disability as the disabled community have over a trillion pounds globally to spend on products and services. But if if I walked into a pub, pub or bar or um, hotel with you, they would say, oh, I'm being forced to make myself accessible. No, you're not. You're actually, if you know how to do disability properly, you can put 20% on your bottom line. In, in, in what way? Talk to me about that. What, what do you mean by that? Because um, disabled people are more powerful than Twitter, okay? If they get a good service, they'll go and talk about you. They'll go and say to all their friends, family, and everything like that, go and support this business because because they gave me a a brilliant um, experience. And even people based in Scotland that I know 
or people based in Ireland that I know, the disabled community is very tight. So if you give a disabled person a opportunity to have a good product or service, they'll, they'll, they'll shout about your business. And what's the best form of marketing? Word of mouth. Mm. So, but in your in your eyes, you don't think the sort of leisure trade or offices, and you don't think that the it's evolved at all regarding you know the disabled community. No, no. All right. Well, let me refrain the question. What more could we do? What more could you do? Actually, work with disabled people. Yeah. Don't don't try and don't try and guess what services they want actually create the services with disabled people create the products with disabled people if you're not sure about disability ask the question because yeah. it's better to be stupid for five seconds than stupid for the rest of your life yeah yeah, yeah. i think that's a, that's a that's a really good i'm gonna use that as a quote afterwards because that's a cracker uh, that's a really good one. And then I suppose, you know, going back to that growing up, you know, and, and those challenges you've had to put up with day in, day out. Yeah. Is there, you know, they, you said that it's, it's modelled where you are now and it's probably got you to, but was there a point in your life that there was, it was just, you know, there was too much of it or did you, um, ever, you know? Again, I told you I was going to be open. Yeah. So back in, I would say back in 2013, I tried to take my own life. Right. I, um, I, uh, you know, Landwick Major. Yeah. Um, I contemplated putting myself in front of a in in front of a train because my mum was going through domestic violence, and I was stuck in a care home, and I just thought, I want to be. I want to be a full and active member of society. I don't want to be stuck in the care home in my early 20s. And um, I thought that was the only way out at the time. And what, what changed What changed that for you then? Because obviously, you know, it, it didn't happen, which is, which is great and amazing, because I, I think we've all been, we've all yeah. been there with friends and, and people. So what, what was it that really... Stop you one from doing it, but two, you know, when you look back and reflect on that, what does it feel like? I, I suppose, I suppose I had a realization that I had to go and kick myself up my own ass. And as an entrepreneur, that's probably a life skill that we've you've kept, huh? Yeah, because that that that's the only way that you can make anything happen is by using your own personal resilience and not relying on other people so much and also personally realizing um what what it means to have real friends and it, some of those real friends have helped me through some really challenging times and and and, and you know that's lovely i mean we, you know it's, it's really good that so your friendship group that you've got now has that changed a lot over time damien yeah it's it, it's it's changed a well I'm, 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 I'm friends with people from school, but I'd say they're more acquaintances. Yeah. And if, if you took a look at my friendship circle, it is 
business people, it is entrepreneurs, and it is people that are trying to make a difference. Because I really believe if you want to succeed, you have to surround yourself with people that are better than better than you and people that can teach you because that's the only way that you can personally step into your own greatness again there's a couple of quotes i'm going to use that's another one as well mate i love that one too that's a cracker so you know those people again that are, that are sat there you know people are going through tough times now and if we ponder on that moment of that you know 2013 when it was going really wrong for you and you were finding it very tough. What advice would you have for that person if they were having those sort of thoughts? Um, journal like an absolute, journal like an absolute Trojan. I mean, uh, you mean like, talk us through the journal process. Some people don't know what journaling is. So what, what, what is that? I would say get yourself a book and, yeah. just, write, and just write down for the first five minutes whatever's in your head. And then actually and actually really turn that into what a sort of goal plan for yourself and use that journal to sort of empty your soul if you want and then and then find someone in your circle that is really really um got 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 your back and talk because the first the first way out of the darkness is to talk to somebody. The first way to um, light that candle again is to talk to somebody. Because believe me, you will step in. You will step into the light. It's just at that particular time you need someone to pull you up. Yeah, great. I mean, I, I don't know if you caught the first series when I interviewed Rian Mannings. No, um, I haven't. Yeah, but if you get a chance, if you ever listen to that, Rian Mannings is a a very inspirational lady and she lost her husband unfortunately to suicide um and she lost her son through uh, a sort of a well through illness as well but it would just happened like instantly so she lost her son then she lost her husband to, to suicide and the inspiration what you just said there i mean it follows on really nicely that that actually one thing that rian did say was reach out to people and talk because and that's what we're all here for mate aren't we we're all responsible for that yeah, and and I suppose the, my, one of my final points on it is I I'm always willing to offer my hand to someone else that is struggling because I realise where I'm from. So the call out to other entrepreneurs that are doing well, don't be too bulky and think you're great because actually all it takes is for one knock and you could be that person that needs a hand up. So always be willing to offer that hand up. Yeah, I love that. I love that. There was, there's a saying, I, I, I don't know it off the top of my head. It's something about you hand up. When you're down, you get the hand up. But when you're up, you should really be looking down and helping other people up. I think yeah. it's, it's exactly that, isn't it? And I think yeah. what, what you, givers gain. I mean, there's obviously a massive concept around that, that givers do gain. And you should, you know, what sort of what sort of giving back do you do now? Um, I... I personally invest in uh, businesses. I don't advertise that I, I um, invest in businesses, but I've invested in 11 businesses. And one of, my, one of my major points of always investing is that I never tell 
uh, why, widely why I've invested in those businesses. I will just I will just personally go and do it, and and because I believe in helping charities, I sit on a number of charitable boards, and if I can see something that I can do, I will always go and do it. So, um, and I'm sure my husband will uh, attest to this. When I, my book was published, I had a number of um, parents with cerebral uh, children with cerebral palsy reach out to me and then tell me that actually the book has made them understand cerebral palsy a lot differently. So I spend a lot of time on social media helping those families sort of um, realise what is out there for their children. And I, 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 I do heavily personally give to charity. I don't want to particularly name the methods that I use to give to those charities because I, I, I don't want to advertise the fact, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, totally. But let me, let me just run through... You know, let me just run through, you know, we've gone through where you are and, and let me just run through your profile on LinkedIn and just, and just, you know, all I keep thinking about is your, your teachers. What would you say to your teachers right at this moment? When I really like, there's a host of things, radio, uh, radio presenter, chair of the Cardiff uh, Airport Disability Forum, author, um, IOB, you know, the, the IOD, you've got so many things that you do now that you have impact on, like you said at the beginning. What would you say to your teachers now if you had a chance to say something to them? Don't, don't write people off. And, don't. Those, those, and those parents that are sat there or kids that are listening to this that feel like they've been written off, you know, what, 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 you know, what, what would be your advice to them? Reach out because there is people that want to give you that hand up. And if we can give you that hand up, believe, we, believe me, we will. And um, just to leave you with a, another positive story, I helped um, create a piece of software that is now being used by 11, a, a, a sort of 96 million users globally. And um, when I see children being able to read, read books through technology, that's why I do what I do on a day-to-day -day basis. And that, that and that Welsh government. So if I if I asked you out of everything that you do at the moment, what do you get the most from? Um, my new business, because I know it's going to be an absolute game changer, and I know it's going to give people with real vulnerabilities the chance to have a real good quality life and have time to make memories with their family and also support those families to get the best care for those for for their family members and can we go through that at the moment or is it under wraps um i can tell you i can tell you the one part of the company okay, and it cool. was it was it's called it's called medequip and it was a company that was formed because i was watching um bbc news and i thought actually I'm a qualified health and social care practitioner in my own right, but I understand business. So is there anything I can do during the pandemic to actually um, uh, sort of bring people together 
and and change the outcome for people in health and social care. I used my I use my connections. I use LinkedIn, and we've created some amazing software and some amazing uh, sort of care. Uh, sort of policies and bits of kit that are really going to help people have better qualities of life. And the reason I'm not saying too much about them is because it's being, one of them is being launched on Friday with a globe, with a global partner. And I really think it could actually um, change the care landscape, not only in Wales, but actually the rest of the rest of the UK. Awesome. Awesome. And that fits really well with what you want to do. And, 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 and now you want to get there as well, doesn't it? Yeah. And, and just, just to silence those naysayers that say business can't be done through virtual means. I've never met, I've never met my business partner in this business. The only way I've met her is through, through a screen. And I've, actually had global teams all around all around the world that we've all managed to pull all of this together through through the power of zoom so when people tell you business can't be done in a pandemic i tell them well actually you need to reframe that conversation in your own head yeah, but something, believe- something, something, something tells me a lot of this but you don't like the word can yeah 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 and you love you love you love the word crack on. That's why when you saw this, you thought I've got to be on this. Yeah, I I I was sat there listening to you and Richard um, back in season two. I I I can remember them. I I can remember it was a Saturday night, and I promised myself I wouldn't go into work mode. But anyone that uses digital stuff to work, you know how easy it is to fall back into work. And uh, I saw a link come up and I thought, I want to try and understand this Richard Selby that I'm going to be working with a bit more. So I, I did do a bit of uh, internet stalking and your podcast was one of the ones that came up. I listened to it and I, and I said to myself, I need to be on that. And then we were at a breakfast meeting because we all know that Richard likes his early breakfast get-togethers. Yeah. Um, and I, I just, I just took the plunge and said, "Can I be on your podcast?" Because I knew that I wanted to um, write my own destiny with you. And the only way you can write your own destiny is to lead your own destiny. Okay. So one question on that. Let's say people are listening. They've done that for the same reason. We've launched this. People are listening to it. What do you think and what do you want people to, you know, how, how do you think people will think of yourself? I want, I want people to say when my time is over on this planet that Damien has helped the less, the less fortunate and the people with the quieter voice have a voice in society. So if I believe, if I leave the planet... With that, I'd be more than happy to that I've done my done, done my life's mission. 
No, awesome, mate. Awesome. And I think what we're going to do, because I love that as well so much, we're going to go into our last three questions, mate, okay? Um, and I thoroughly enjoyed our chat so far, but the three questions I ask everyone to end the, end the podcast. So the three non-negotiables in Damien's life, what are they? Uh, you need to be able to party and party hard. <laughs> Boom. And, and you also need to surround yourself with people that can push you to your greatness. Yeah, I love that. Uh, I love that. And, so you got a third one? And my third one is get off your ass and make a change. Yeah, get off your ass and crack on is what you meant. But I love that as well. I love that. Yeah. Okay, so the light, biggest life lesson for yourself. Obviously, we've gone through the journey um, and it's a, it's a real tough journey. What is the biggest life lesson you've had? Um, that I can write my own, I can write my own history. I can write my own why I'm here. And my key message to anybody, don't let anybody write you off. You are, you are the master of your own ship. You can steer through these difficult times of COVID. Your business will come out of COVID. It might not come out of COVID where you thought it would come out, but actually that's the whole life journey and why we're here to learn. Yeah, great. I really, like I said, I really enjoy that as well. So any advice for a young Damien? If you were looking back now to a young Damien and you, you had a chance at 18 to see yourself at 18, what advice would you give that young Damien? Um, top up your top up your wine glass. I got to say, eighteen or sixteen, but yeah, I'm glad of that. Top up your wine glass because your life is going to be a hell of a roller coaster. But when you get to where you want to be, you can say you did it yourself. And would you change anything? Would you change anything from then until now? No. No. Good. Because it's all it's all made me into the person I am. Yeah, I love that. And do you know what? I've thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed. I've got a smile on my outer face. I've got a really warm smile on my inner face side as well, mate. I've really enjoyed talking to you, mate. Great. Um, thank you ever so much for sharing your journey on the podcast. I'm really looking forward to, to where it goes with the IOD. Um, and I wish you all the success. Um, and goals-wise, let me just end on the goals. What are your goals for 2021 and beyond? To make the to make the Welsh IOD the premier go-to business organisation here in Wales for directors. Love that. I love that. And how, how do people contact you then? That's the one I always end on. How do people contact you if they're interested in the IOD world or anything you've gone through? Um, you, can, you can look for me on all social media platforms and uh, you can email me at Damien at executivecoaching365.co.uk and Damien is all lowercase and it's Damien with an A. So just reach out to me because I will be happy to have a coffee with you and hopefully inspire you to step into your greatness. Yeah, what a journey. What a what a guy. And I, 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 I've really enjoyed it, mate, like I said. So thank you ever so much for your time. I'm really... I've got I've got, a go I've got a goal for you now, okay? So we're, fli we're flipping the... We're, I want to see... I want to see your podcasts turned into a local TV or YouTube channel because I believe that you're a real character that 
needs to be out there because you're, you've pulled all of these stories out of me. So go and step into your own greatness. And I'm sure what you've got coming is an amazing journey. And I appreciate that, Damien. And I, uh, I honestly, I'm blushing a bit. I don't blush very often, but thank you very much for those kind words. It's I all right. Cool. See you soon. And hey, have a great, have a great rest of your day. Thank you. Bye-bye. And here we go. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, I hope you did too. Just his honesty. I loved his honesty and openness and, and just the way freely just show, just, just share things. I mean, he was so honest with his, you know, in 2013, that moment when he, he was, you know, he thought he contemplated taking his own life. And those sort of moments, I think, in your life that you reflect on, and, you know, when you move yourself from them, you become stronger and stronger. And since 2013, he's showing anyone what can be done. I mean, the disability he's got, what he's achieved so far, where he's aiming to get to, it's just got to be inspiring. I came off that really, like, smiling on my face, but really warm and sort of fuzzy inside. Just, And I had to pinch myself a couple of times just to appreciate what we've got and what you have got. If anyone's a crack on mindset, that Damien is 100% it. I really enjoyed it. I'm thoroughly hope you enjoyed it too. Um, reach out to him, reach out to me. Um, and it's just so much, what I'm trying to bring is that crack on mindset. And he's got it in abundance. So, you know, I really hope you enjoy it. Enjoy the next one. Series two continues. Um, give me some feedback, share it, like it, get in touch. Have a great day. Crack on. Call.